This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Behind the Markets on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Welcome to Behind the Markets here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, Director of Research at Wisdom Tree, an ETF sponsor. We've got a special co-host today, Jeff Winninger. He's an asset allocation strategist at Wisdom Tree. Please note, Jeff and I are registered representatives of Foresight Fund Services. Discussion is not tied to the offer of selling investment products, and the views of our guests are their own and not those of Wisdom Tree or affiliates. We have the Dow sitting at record highs. We have the S&P at record highs. Uh, we have the tax bill going through. Uh, we're going to be talking with Professor Siegel to start off the show. Uh, Professor, you know, you've been talking about tax reform. It's come through. You know, you've been one of the more optimists that it was going to come through. But um, I hear from f- some other interviews you've been doing that maybe next year not as bright. What's mm-hmm. your sort of current well, thoughts? Well, yeah, there's been a little glitch, uh, uh, you know, overnight, and that's why uh, we, you know, we have the futures uh, uh, down a bit this morning. It's everything. I mean, this market is being driven by uh, the tax reform, and you know that that it's going to boost if it goes through, going to boost earnings at eight percent. I mean, the glitches are. Uh, you know this this question of a, a tax trigger. I mean, um, and uh, that they uh, that that might not be allowed in a parliamentary vote. I mean, I, you know, my feeling is is hey, vote for it because don't, you know, they they they're going to have to reconcile this with the House anyways, and all the senators are going to get to vote for it again. So you know, uh, you don't need your favorite little gimmick. Uh, to be in right now, uh, you know, you can say if it's not in later on, uh, you know, I'm going to vote against it, and you have just the same force. But listen, I'm not McConnell and trying to get all those votes together. But uh, you know, that's uh, you know, I would try to, uh, I would definitely try to keep uh, this on on track. Uh, also, uh, in the pocket, I, I still believe that you know, if if a, if a few uh, of these deductions are insisted on, maybe the ten thousand dollars. On so, so, uh, uh, state and local, and a couple of others, that uh, they will bring the tax, uh, corporate tax rate up, up maybe a point, when, uh, 21, maybe 22. I know, you know, the president and others have said, no, we're not budging on that, but there's always got to be something in the pocket to give a little bit of money on that, and that still would be a mammoth deduction. Um, and if it would allow more personal deductions, I think it would actually be more popular. Uh, uh, politically also. So there's a lot of things, you know, going on. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think it, it, this week has been a good week despite this glitch, uh, this morning and, um, uh, and making progress. So we're, we're definitely seeing that go through. We're also seeing what, you know, we have to look at this. Uh, you know, is it a beginning or rotation? Uh, now, uh, you know, certainly on Wednesday, a big, decline in the tech. There's a lot of momentum players uh, in that sector. Of course, now we're talking about momentum players. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin is like par excellence uh, of momentum players uh, and extremely volatile, um, to say the least. But, uh, uh, you know, besides that, and I believe that's in a bubble, and, uh, you know, it could go to 15,020 before it goes to three, but, you know, uh, that. That's just total speculation. 
but in terms of uh, could we see a rotation away from the really strong tech, who has not gotten crazy in valuation, but uh, you know, certain relative to value stocks um, uh, has has been stretched. We'll have to see whether that plays out. I mean, that may take a couple of days. It was a few weeks ago. We also had a little move towards uh, away from tech, but then it bounced right back and hit new highs. So it's it, it's uh, it's hard to see. Uh, on next year, yeah, this is what I tell people. I say I think it's you know I think it's going to continue to rise once the tax cut signed. It's going to be at its high, and then you got to say, well, what else is there? <laughs> um, uh, this quarter, it's interesting. A lot, it's sort of schizophrenic because uh, right now the best people on GDP say this quarter is only going to be two and a half percent or even lower. Although those people that are looking at some of the, you know, the consumer sentiment and car loadings and all sorts of other things say that we could have a great, great Christmas and that could really boost uh, this quarter uh, through. So we're going to have to see how it plays out. But uh, Q4 is not as strong as Q2 or Q3, three, three, at least at the beginning of what the data we're, we're getting. Uh, earnings are good, but, you know, it's been built in. Uh, the corporate tax cut will be built in if it gets tax, uh, passed. So next year, I think we get a pause. I mean, we had a huge, we've had a huge bull market. Um, you know, we, we certainly did have a correction uh, uh, 2016 when the oil price collapsed, uh, but we haven't even had a pullback since then. I mean, so, uh, you know, I expect 2018 to be harder. I don't expect to collapse or anything. I don't think there's any general overvaluation. Um, but uh, in the cycles of psychology in the markets, I think uh, I think 18 will be a pause, and it might be a rotation. Not only that, but towards the dividend-paying stocks. Yeah, I mean, when uh, when when Professor Seal gets quoted as the pause, people start saying that's a, a downright pessimistic view there. So no, um, so that's uh, no, it's interesting to hear your your view there. So when you think about those longer-term views from you know where we are valuation-wise, how do you you know maybe you could frame a little bit the 20 PE ratios, what that means to you for forward-looking returns? Yeah, yeah. And, well, I, and what's I, that sort I, of normal? absolutely a 20. Uh, we're, so right now uh, on S and P operating earnings, I think it's the best thing. We're at about 21 times this year. Year, but next year we're about 18. I think the estimates are a bit too high, uh, even with the tax cut. I mean, maybe we're 19. Let's let's just say we're at 20. Uh, 20 represents a 5% real return. Um, we uh, I look at the earnings yield, which is just uh, one over the PE ratio. So one over 20 is 5%. 5% real with a 2% inflation is a 7% return. And that's what I would say is the sort of long-term returns. That's a bit below the historical 6-7, but not much. And 5% real, 7% nominal in a world where the 10-year is, you know, uh, 2.3. I mean, that's, that's very healthy. Um, and I think a lot of investors, if you tell them they're going to get 7% uh, return on equities from this position, that's not what we got this year, of course, uh, or average over this great bull market. But... Uh, I think it's a return that most people would be happy with. So uh, the only thing that could drive it down is if we get a reversion of valuation uh, back down and uh, that we might be partially if interest rates rise aggressively. But, you know, I, I don't think 15 PE is going to be the norm in coming years at all. <laughs> Professor Segal, this is Jeff Weniger, and, and, yeah. and you, know, you, you just kind of struck on one of those points that I oftentimes think about. I, I kind of live and sleep on this notion that you just pointed out. You call it 238, 239 on a 10-year T-note, call it a 5% earnings yield. 
you know, to back of the envelope at 300 basis points of, of incremental equity risk premium. If that argument holds for the United States, isn't even that much more compelling for a lot of the developed economies overseas where the, you know, a 10-year JGB or a 10-year German Bund is, is considerably lower, yeah. uh, yet the, the yeah, multiples in the market. Lower too. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, let me say it's even better than what you quoted because uh, the earnings yield is really more properly a real yield. And, uh, you know, the quote of the 10-year Treasury at 2.3 is nominal. Really, uh, uh, you, should, you should compare it to the 10-year tips, which is almost zero, um, because you have a real asset on, uh, on stocks and you have a real asset on tips. So the premium is even bigger, but you're perfectly right you have lower yields in Europe, and you have lower P.E., so that gap is even bigger. And, uh, you know, I've been saying for years I've overweighted. Uh, I mean, I, I was favorable towards U.S. equities, but I thought emerging markets in Europe for the longer run represented better values. And even today, um, I, I would uh, I would say the same. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think the premium is actually even higher than that. I think it's closer to 5%. That's great. One, one final question, we'll let you go. I mean, Jeff and I were going back and forth on interest rates and, uh, you know, the consensus being rates are going higher and, and Jeff always likes to go against the consensus. <laughs> What's your sense? Um, is the consensus right in this case? Do you think uh, rates are tricking higher? Or yeah, are we gonna... How many times have we had this false uh, dawn of higher interest rates? Yes. <laughs> Just to fall back. But, but I think, you know, obviously what is one thing keeping yields down is how low they are in Europe, and they have come yeah. up a bit. But, you know, with the uh, German boomed at 33 basis points, the Japanese yen at three basis points, um, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of pull. I mean, you have to think the dollar is very, very overvalued, which it isn't as it's come down to not want to go in treasuries at 2-3 uh, when you got, you got a 2% edge uh, on that. But then the other, the other factors, you know, we've been driving down that unemployment rate. We don't know whether the natural rate trigger, I mean, it's obviously lower than what the Fed thinks at 4748. But uh, you know, some people are as optimistic as 35. The interesting thing at 150 to 200,000 job growth, and by the way, we're, you know, we're, next Friday we're going to have the jobs number, uh, we're going to reach 35 uh, by the middle toward the end of next year. Uh, and, uh, you know, even if then that's the most optimistic of when, I mean, you have to go back, uh, you know, uh, you know, century to, to get where that didn't trigger wage increases and some Fed tightening. Um, uh, so, you know, my feeling is it might be delayed a little bit longer, but I don't think 2-3 is going to stay. Um, uh, uh, but I also don't think we're anywhere near, you know, I, I've, I've called three and a half to be the top of this cycle, so which is still far, far lower than any of uh, the, the cycles in the last, well, well, almost half century. All right, Professor. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a great rest of the day. Thank you very much. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.